Welcome Wargamers, join your hosts, Falco and Monty, two Canadian wargaming enthusiasts, as we explore all aspects of tabletop wargaming. We roll dice, talk tactics, share hobby hacks, and explore new tabletop systems, all on the Trident Wargaming Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Trident Wargaming. Yo, yo, we're back at it, episode three, and today we got some bolt action. Mm-hmm. So, uh, kicking it off, as usual, we'll uh, go through some hobby stuff, and uh, then we'll go through some bolt action topics that we want to talk about. So, um, world of bolt action. Anything new for yourself, Bill? Those Tamiya German tanks I picked up a little while back. I haven't done a whole lot. I did throw decals on my uh, half track, finally. Nice. Been a little bit in the making, but uh, yeah. Uh, Other than that, it's been a little low-key for me. I've just been uh, reading some stuff online and going through my army book and trying to put some of the, I guess, real-world experience that I've got from playing the games into making some lists now, so. Nice, nice, that's awesome. Yeah, that part's been good. Yeah, you've gotten a couple of games underneath your belt now, right? And uh, Yeah. So, and, and like, overall, how are you finding the game itself compared to, to what you're used to, like, with uh, Heresy and 40K and that kind of stuff? It's pretty good overall, I have to admit. Uh, there are... Um, some very interesting uh, different mechanics, one being that uh, alternate activations or the blind activations, I guess, in this case, uh, they are pretty neat to be able to, you know, you come up with a plan, but even the best plans can get kind of thrown to shit, (laughs) you know, after a few couple dice grabs and you're like, wow, he's pulled four dice and I still haven't gone yet. Yeah, You know, like, so helps keep you on your toes though. Oh, for sure. You're always thinking about what's going to happen or what can't happen or what am I going to do now? So, yeah. um, I know uh, myself just recently had a a game uh, with Jason there that has been on the show there a few times last year. And uh, yeah, it was a good good match. We, uh, he ended up winning actually. by two points but uh the battle was good you know it was pretty pretty clean fighting uh we were actually playing german on germans um and it was uh the battlefield wasn't as littered with terrain <laughs> as usual but it was fun regardless and uh we had good times and good discussions about the game and whatnot uh, other than that um i was able to to actually train a couple guys new guys to the community um doing the the demo game you know they they brought their own armies they haven't played very much but uh i was able to kind of show them through the ropes and what does what so that was pretty cool it's always always good to see more players coming into the game and um other than that uh just kind of keeping my eye out on what's coming out what's being released you know um of course they they ended up releasing the new italian box sets um which i i was able to get one so i'll 
going to have to jump on doing those unboxing videos here soon enough. And uh, there's also uh, the War Games Atlantic um, boxes of French that I got. So there's another video there. <laughs> and uh, Warlords coming out with uh, some tanks for the Italians. So uh, there'll be a lot more stuff coming down. And um, yeah, they've just kind of been pumping out just little news, news tidbits here and there of... of different things for their games so um but for bolt action i think the italians are, are really on the uh the top of the list for for the beginning of this year which is pretty cool they needed uh they needed something they needed something new they need some new miniatures as well which is good so um and then uh for myself really just once once january is over after getting prepped for you know upcoming tournament for a different system um it'll be definitely deep diving into some bolt action to get some forces finished and possibly some new forces done up to show you guys right so and uh, also roll some dice a bit more with with bill here get oh, his americans yes. on the field <laughs> oh yeah they're ready so um and speaking of your americans I know uh, one of our, our topics uh, in the the episode here, it's kind of relating to uh, Bill's army. Um, it is. And it has to do with, like, you know, options and some costs of just upgrades and weapons and stuff for units. Um, but it's, you know, with the Americans and with any other nation, um, they all have their special rules, right? But this one kind of really shines for for what Bill and me were talking about before. So I'll let um, I'll let Bill go into this one for uh, what he had in mind. But yeah, when you're you're going through like the options of of weapons in your units, you know, um, and I know Bill tends to like you know really analyze certain things right and then plays and and then realizes certain things too and like no you know what i like this better so um yeah yeah we'll give it to you bill like the smg well, yeah so uh, kicking off you know i've been noticing when i first built my squads right and i'm running plain jane u.s infantry um that's i'm just rocking the plain jane army so mm -hmm. I was taking the SMG on my NCO. I'm rocking usually 10-man squad, so I've got eight rifles and a bar in there. And uh, I, I'm my list was primarily made around uh, mid-war, so 1943. But as I'm playing, you know, um, I find I find mid-war to late is kind of where everybody's jam seems to be, and locally, anyways, and going through some of these weapon options like you know this smg I was talking to andy i'm like i don't think the smg is worth it man i think it's kind of a waste and he was like what right i was like yeah. it's just yeah okay two shots at 12 inches is nice but for my americans specifically here and, and i think it really depends on the like the nation you play but for my us being able to move and fire without penalty with my rifles and bars 
I just see it as I'm missing a shot every turn because that SMG just does not have the reach. Mm -hmm. And I really like the idea of being able to move up and pull back and kind of draw the enemy out into my uh, machine gun teams or draw them into more rifle shots. And like over the course of a game, because I'm usually running two or three infantry squads, that's, you know, two, three turns in, that's an extra nine shots that I'm kind of missing out. And it's just, you know, I think with every shot, every dice roll that you're making on squads, you are that much closer to pinning out or, you know, doing damage to the enemy. So I'm really starting to see SMGs not being worth the points, um, considering it got me looking at uh, late war, like veteran uh, infantry squads. And I think moving forward, I'll try and build my, my army around using those vet squads. Running double bars obviously is a huge, huge uh, advantage. And then still having eight rifles. Uh, for what you're paying, though, for an SMG, in my, my opinion, it's three points. You're better off spending the, the, the points on getting another bar. Right. Because bars are five points each. And I think you're better off paying for tough fighters instead. Instead of instead of the SMG. It's just you're getting better, longer range, consistent firepower throughout the game. You're able to move up, move back, shift your squads wherever you need to go. Um, and you're not missing a beat at all. 24 inches is a really nice reach, especially with your rifles. And being able just to kind of have a very good um, presence on the board. Like I said, running three squads. You can really kind of dictate where some stuff is going to happen. Um, I just, yeah, I really think they're, I really think they're a, a better bang for your buck, so to speak. So, um, so your unit is able to get tough fighters. Veteran infantry veteran. can yes okay so veteran so yeah so your your cost for your unit is more anyways as a veteran and then it's what is it two points for uh... one point one per point dude okay so, one point's pretty good yeah like ten man unit okay ten man unit all with tough fighters and with two bars is uh isn't actually much at all it's uh, let me just grab it here it's uh a hundred and oh sorry. It's 150 points. That's not bad. For a 10-man squad. Like, it's and, and not horrible. And what's the SMG cost for you in that unit? SMG is three points each. And how many, how many of those can you have in the unit? Uh, in the vet one, you can take one on the NCO, and then you can have up to three more. Okay, so, so to, only four guys can have it. Yeah. Compared to all of them having it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, see, in, in that case, I agree with you for sure. Um, a normal, like, okay, for, for example, here's here's the kicker for, for me where I, I can disagree because there are some, there's a lot of armies that can get the SMG and it's usually on their NCO and they don't have that option um, of tough fighters normally, mm -hmm. right? Now, having that one extra little tough fighter in that unit, when it, you get the close combat, if that happens, 
you know, you win it by one, you win the combat. So in, in my eyes, it's like, I always throw it in there for that reason. Um, when I'm moving around, like I'm getting a minus one with my rifles anyways, whereas you're yeah. not right. So I, I can see an advantage for you in thinking that way and going with that. Yeah. Um, and in some of my armies, um, you know, I, I always include it in there cause I tend to get into combat and it could help, but it's extra points too, right? Like it is for sure. Unfortunately, my French army, this is, this word is, it gets a little weird. My French army, they are allowed to have an SMG in their unit. And, and this is where I don't think it's worth it for, for myself. They are allowed an SMG in my unit, but first I have to buy an extra trooper with like a pistol. And then that pistol gets upgraded to an SMG. But that guy carrying the SMG is my loader for my LMG. So he's not firing at all. Right? If yeah, my, that kind of seems weird. My LMG is firing. He's not firing, which to me is kind of weird. Um, so in a sense, it's not, it's really almost not worth it, right? You might as well just keep the pistol. Um, yeah. But um, as you were talking there about your SMG, I, it, it dawned on me. I was like, you know what? The British. So, and I know, Bill, you haven't really seen the British too much, but the British get to take these national characteristics for their army. There's a whole bunch of different ones that they can pick, right? So they have one called rapid fire. And what it is, is um, in the army that has the special rule, all rifle armed regular and veteran infantry rule uh, units roll bonus dice when shooting okay so for every three men shooting they get to roll one extra dice so four riflemen would roll one extra dice right yeah um so you start taking smgs you start losing that that extra shot at that 12 24 inch range so essentially for every you know three four guys or whatever you're getting an extra shot so so for them like i'd probably go all rifles mm -hmm. right and and i think that um because in in the book later on you start seeing the later units to have multiple smgs yeah um but yeah the rapid fire rule for them would be really good for that so but overall i mean I also do have Soviets who have full squads of SMGs. So it's, it, that's a different story though, right? Like it's, yeah, you're literally building a full squad of SMGs. So they're going to put some pain on something in combat, but you know, range wise, if they make it there, sure. Probably put them in a transport or something. So that's the whole thing, right? Is you, you got to get in there and my, my personal play style, I really like to, uh, I don't like getting my hands dirty. I like to, uh, you know, strike out at range and really take advantage of. He likes fighting in the trenches. I do. I like sh <laughs> I like shooting. I like being able to shoot and lay overlapping fields of fire, especially you know, comboing up an MMG team, supporting my veteran, you know, infantry squads, and uh, I just yeah, trying to. Well, concentrate in the fire. combat. 
Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing with bolt action. It's not, it's not a game where, you know, um, you have a character that's just a monster in close combat. No, these are just regular men fighting in combat and combat in, in, in bolt action is, uh, is quite simple. Like pretty much it's a roll off. Whoever gets the most wins, that's it done. Yeah. Right. There's a couple things like fanatic where they don't get wiped out until the last man and stuff like that. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, you got the right idea with your army. You're like, you're, you're really grasping the whole aspect of their rules and you're obviously, you know, like I, I've never even thought of it that way, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've been playing for the, the last four years now and that's never really kind of come up with anybody. Like you always see SMGs. Yeah. Um, so, but no, it's good. It's a good, good topic to talk about. Good topic to, you know, get uh, other people's thoughts on. Well, that's, and that's kind of the thing, I guess, like out there for my other, you know, my fellow Yankee players, do you guys feel the same? Do you build your squads around, being able to take tough fighters? Do you just run regular infantry squads and just say, forget the tough fighter. We're just going max as many rifles as you can get. Cause you know, I'll be honest, just, you know, regular squads are still really good. Um, they're not, not bad at all. And a regular squad as is, uh, if you go 10 man with the one bar, you're still looking at 105. So, you know, it, it, it depends really where you want to sink your points. I always try and start off with big full squads and vets. And if I'm starting to squeeze and pinch pennies, then, yeah, the, the squads aren't 12 men anymore. They're 10. And, oh, now they're not vets anymore. They're regular. And... Yeah, and you're also looking at full strength, right, compared to not. Yeah. So, which... I've never ran full strength before yet. I, I have um, with a lot of my units, but honestly, I think, and even myself, I'm as guilty as anybody else. I think most people just forget about it, right? Like they forget the full strength um, rule, but uh, it kind of is what it is because usually you get shot and it's done anyways. So you you yeah. lose like, one guy and that's it. It's over, right? But yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a good uh, it's a good question, definitely. It's like SMG or not, you know. Yeah. And um, of course, it varies from different army to army. You know, is it is it good for this army or not? Sometimes, like you're figuring out, okay, well, you know what? I don't think it's worth it, right? And then myself, it's I think it is worth it, you know. So yeah. Um, but again, it, it's we've had some examples here. of um, nations and armies that there is a bit of a difference on what's better you know is, is it worth taking smg is it not is it uh is there some weird options like my french for example you know uh stuff like that so um and usually the point costs for the weapons is the same all round really you know a rifle is a rifle so um, but yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot other weapons like that, that we'll, uh, probably touch base on at some point and kind of look and 
talk more tactics for that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. um, it's the same thing with my French. They have these VB launchers, they're grenade launchers, you know, to put on the end of the rifles. They're 20 points. To me, it's, it's a small template that you're firing. Yeah, they're good for popping smoke and stuff, but I don't know. I, I don't find them worth it because it just makes the unit super, super expensive. So, yeah, 20 points is a big chunk. Well, that's like an LMG pretty much. Yeah. So, but it's, they're one of the armies that has the option to do it. So, hmm. um, but yeah, I guess, uh, going on too with like other units and costs and stuff. Oh yes. This, this one really grinds my gears. <laughs> and this one kind of ties in to, um, to the SMG as well a little bit just like I mentioned with the Soviet SMG team like you're looking at transports and you know you have armored transports and you have soft skin transports you know uh, the 6 to the 7 plus usually the armaments you know a couple of uh, machine guns and stuff like that but again like are they point efficient are they too much are they just right you know um yeah like you're finding that they are expensive i believe yeah well they are right it's it's kind of a weird spot right like my biggest issue so you know i have a half track it's very dear to me i like running it it's cool it's nice that it has the weapon options that it does. Not like I actually take any of the MMGs. I just let it drive around with the uh, with the one HMG it's got and uh, kind of cruise and shoot that. But it's just running a regular half track. It's ninety nine points, which is I don't know, to me that's ridiculous. Like that thing, I don't know. It's just damage value's got the pl uh, seven plus. Armored carrier can take up to 12 guys. Now, the bonus of being able to take up to 12 people or 12 different, you know, uh, infantry is nice. But it's still, like, it's still 99 points. To me, it, it seems super expensive for what it does. When you, Especially you're comparing it to a Jeep, right? Like a Jeep, regular one. I want to see is 21 points. Let me see if I... It's 21 points for a regular Jeep. No weapons, just cruise around, and it's just like. But, uh, but how much? How much can a jeep hold? Jeep can only hold three. Yeah. So it's it's definitely not comparing apples to apples. Um, let's see if I got another. So so in here. this in this British book, um, they have like a Bren carrier. Yeah. Right, and it's a it's an armored carrier as well. And at veteran, it's seventy two points. And regular, which is probably what most people would take, is 60 points. Yeah. But it only carries five men. And you can add a pintle-mounted LMG for 10 points. So just just to give you, you know, um, an idea yeah. of what another transport is. Yes, it carries less. And it also has different options for different weaponries and stuff on it. And then it has a special rule for turning on the spot. Um, 
So it that one is I think is meant for carrying like more elite uh smaller units, right? So for sure. Like, like even comparable two and a half ton truck, um, it's still soft skin, damage uh six plus, but you can upgrade it with the MMG and you can upgrade the MMG to a HMG. It's only seventy six points, and you can take eighteen men in that thing. So it's like, I, I don't know, like comparable wise, is the half track worth 99 points? Yeah, I see. I, I feel it's a little high. So here's here's two other examples. Um, a priest kangaroo. Yeah. So it's actually a light tank, but it's in the transport section. So it's an eight plus. Its regular co- point cost is 87 points. That's bonkers. It carries up to 11 men. And you can add a, an MMG at 10 points for, you know. Um, so it becomes 97 points. So there's that, right? And then yeah. they have another one. It's a Ram Kangaroo. It's a 9 plus, 11 men. But now we're getting up into like the 127 points for a regular transport yeah. like that. So... Um, but let me take a look here. The Germans, because even the M3 uh, Scout car, right? Like it's it's a still seven plus armored car, can only transport up to eight men, and it still has an HMG and regular ones only eighty six points. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, just... yours seems to be a little bit pricier than most. Because, um, like, I'm looking at a Hanomeg, which is the, the German half-track, right? Yeah. It's it's pretty much the same idea as your American one. Um, it's 89 points for a regular. One yeah. pintle-mounted MMG covering the forward arc. It's a 7-plus armored carrier, up to 12 men, and it's uh and it's open top like most of these carriers are anyways um so it's slightly cheaper is that the difference though maybe just because the american stuff has hmgs probably and how many does it say how many um pinted mounted uh, mmgs or whatever you can take like is there more Uh. options to take more for the half track, you can take three more. The armored half track, yeah. you can take three more. For the scout car, you can take two more. Yeah, yeah, but you're paying extra points for that anyways. So yeah, like if you I, go, I think the HMG is what's doing it. HMG is probably the biggest uh, reason. Like I know that half track, if you go bolts out, right, and we're. Let's go crazy. Let's add the three MMGs, one for left, right, and rear arc um, to the total value. And uh, save everything. It's 144 points for that half track. And like we just talked about, that's my veteran squad of infantry with two bars and eight rifles. Right? Like that's, that's a big chunk of points. That's crazy. So to me, that just seems like that's insane. So yeah, so yeah, I, I I would never upgrade it fully like that ever. No, no, it's too crazy. I, like if it if it has an HMG already, 
Yeah, it has like one. That's what it starts with, I'm assuming. Yeah. So here's one of the reasons why it could be a little bit pricier too. So an HMG is considered a heavy weapon. So it does have a penetrate of one plus. So it can technically damage other vehicles, right? So like if you were to shoot against my Hanomeg, you can you can damage it with that plus one. Whereas if I'm shooting at you, like I'm gonna pin you pretty much. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's definitely that heavy machine gun definitely takes place. So it's three shots with, you know, uh, one plus to your pen, which can do some damage to lighter vehicles. So that's probably why it's it's there. The the that extra cost is there. Yeah. But is there other options? Soft see and here's the thing. Here's the problem with these lighter soft skin, lighter um armored carriers. They're just as fragile as tanks, right? Like it's yeah. one one shot and they're taken out. So I mean that's that's ninety nine points, if not more, gone. Just like that. Plus it's probably it's gonna do damage to whatever's inside that unit. Whereas like your veterans, if they're running up the board at twelve inches, you know, taking cover, they probably have a better chance of survival being on foot like that. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of the thing. It, it's it's definitely looking like that way. It seems I don't know. Like maybe the half track's not the best. Maybe maybe looking at those two and a half ton trucks or running jeeps for smaller teams because jeeps cheap as dirt. It might I, be. I've seen uh, guys do that. I've seen guys do that where they have jeeps or Kuba wagons, which is pretty much similar thing, and mm-hmm. they'll yeah they'll they'll drive up a bazooka team or they'll drive up a flamer team. Yeah, and they just zip just right. And next you know it, they pop out and roast something or or take out a tank or something like that. So yeah, because lately I've been I've been trying to test out the uh, the half track with the engineer squad, mm-hmm. the flamethrower. I found some really good utility uh, the last few games that I've played with the flamethrower in a squad like that. It's uh, it's definitely kept other tanks and other units honest sort of speak right like they know hey if you're getting close it's it's probably time to bug out like yeah usually like what the way you played it the last time we played where you you had it on the flank and it and that engineer squad and the the half track zipped up right at the the factory there remember that that factory where you got my unit um you you play that right like you kept it away from my tank um so i didn't have sight you know and i had other other units to worry about besides your hanameg or sorry your uh, your half track um so it was able to kind of get up there just you know untouched right mm-hmm. um i didn't have any i didn't have a panzer shrek or Foss to go against because my army doesn't have those yet in uh in that theater that i took the selector i took um so 
yeah, you you played it right, and you you kept it at the back so it wouldn't, you know, afterwards after you unloaded your your payload of of engineers coming out, um, they did their job with the flamer like it. He paid for himself like three times over for sure. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> he never ran out of ammo either. Yeah, I remember that. Don't remind me. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, just firing firing down with that machine gun and just getting a couple pins and, and wounding guys that might make it worth it. Right. Yeah. Um, something, I think it's something that you just have to keep on trying and, and then finally make that decision of, you know what? Yes, no. Right. So, um, but it could, who knows, it could, uh, could make or break you for, for point wise too. Like, well, I guess the one main point, is it ever worth even taking an inexperienced vehicle? In my eyes, no. Because that's kind of where I'm leading it. It's Unless it's regular, it ain't, it ain't worth it. So inexperienced, yeah, like inexperienced vehicles. So let's say, for example, uh, we're playing and prep bombardment hits. And I roll a five on your vehicle. That's two pins right off the bat. Yeah. You're now looking at having to roll, what, six or under? Because you start with yeah, eight. Which, is, which isn't great. More than likely, you're going to fail, and your vehicle is going to go backwards and go down, and the units inside are going to be done. Like, they'll take the pin as well, and uh, they'll be stuck there too, right? Not to mention you're now further away from your idea that you had for that unit. Yeah. So uh, it, it that happened to me uh, against Jason. We were playing the Swarm, the Stalingrad, Stalingrad um, missions. And I had some boats, and they were inexperienced. And it, uh, I had my boat, I had my commander, and I had a unit in the boat. I, I did the order of snap to action, and I activated the boat first. I failed his order. He couldn't move to shore. I couldn't disembark. Done. And it was because he was inexperienced, even with the, the morale boost from the commander. Oh, so gross. Yeah. So I've learned my lesson with that, and you know, in the early stages of inexperienced vehicles, is is it's not good, and especially yeah. for a tank. Right, I know we're we're talking about transports. Well, even transports, inexperienced like shooting, it's it's just not worth it. Especially if you have something that can do damage, like an HMG. Right, it's not worth it. Yeah, because you automatically need fours, and more than likely you're going to already be at sevens. Right, range, probably in cover, you moved, you know. So, that's. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good one too. You yeah. know, hey, or maybe you guys disagree with me. Maybe you guys do take a lot of inexperienced transports or or vehicles and just go along with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, that that too. Yeah. Do you guys think transports are worth their point costs? Do they help you enough for the mobility in a game, or uh, or do you agree agree that they're too much and you leave them at home? Yeah, definitely. Let us know. It's uh, 
it's interesting you know you can read a lot online with the forums and all the different pages out there on facebook and uh there there seems to be a very big uh kind of divide on transports and stuff as well Mm -hmm. so it's just yeah hearing from you you know what what's your experience how's your local do you guys use a lot of transports do you not it's all stuff that we want to know so definitely for sure it's it's like that with a lot of units you know everybody has their choice picks of units that they like to take in armies and stuff Mm -hmm. um and of course depending on which army you're playing you'll have specifics you know hey if i was able to take flamethrowers in my french armies i probably would but they don't have that option so gotta play with play with their style you know like my french army is a very much inexperienced army mass infantry and a lot of them supported by a, a decent amount of artillery so when i'm looking down the scopes and i'm able to hit you with a medium artillery piece uh, with a direct shot i'm having a good day i'll probably miss but i'm having a good day you know so each army's different and um who knows maybe maybe in those armies you guys play maybe you have some pretty decently priced transports so it's a it's a good one but uh carrying on i guess we got some more units to talk about <laughs> the mm-hmm. infamous <laughs> mortars mortar teams yes and the infamous sniper teams so um these two units i see time and time again they literally are hit or miss right yeah um let's start with some sniper teams first i guess sure so i take snipers i know you've taken snipers oh yes i've seen a lot of guys take snipers and they're very good (laughs) they can be very good with the rules that they have yes I know there's some players that kind of hate the way their rules are, but um, game mechanic-wise, if they perform, they perform. Like mm-hmm. they they do really well. Um, scoping in at the 36-inch range and, and picking a target, um, their ability to not be swayed by uh, the pretty much terrain modifiers. Um, so you're pretty much hitting on a three plus and then when you do hit you know you are um wounding that of course at normal whatever you need to wound the the unit or piece or you know model whatever it is and then you have the uh possibility of not possibility but you when you do wound you actually get to pick your target yeah that's the best so that's the kicker there for the sniper team and of course using the sniper team you you know you're trying to target mortar teams you're trying to target mmg teams commanders you know um, special weapons and units or even ncos right can they be pricey uh i think they're pretty good the right where their price is yeah, for what they cost and what they do, like a veteran 
sniper team for me anyways is 67 points yeah and i I don't see a reason why not to take them as veterans i think you're missing out if you don't take them as vets so yeah see and i've taken as both as vets and regulars um sometimes i have to you know i trim points and they get trimmed um but being veterans makes them pretty durable for sure so not only are they you know hard to take out but again they're a small team already and then on top of that you're not going to just deploy them out in the open you're putting them in some cover and probably oh, yeah. some kind of ruin hard cover so automatically they're going to need you know a minus three to hit you right so you're already sitting probably you know either six or sevens right off the bat just don't place them in sight of the enemy sniper so no. <laughs> um you know are they worth it for sure in my eyes for sure yeah you know i agree do they always perform no of course not it's a dice game it, it they do they do they don't they don't um usually when they do though they they make a difference you know um there are some armies that are able to take multiple sniper teams and there's some armies that actually have some rules with sniper teams as well um something about going into ambush i think the Finns might have that where they automatically can start in ambush um but ultimately like there's such low points that it's kind of an auto include yeah well i know myself like the last two games we've played i've been able to make really good use of the sniper being able to target like lmgs oh exactly and like i i don't have lmgs in my squad but being able to actually reduce the firing power of a squad across the board like it's it's huge um i i definitely like using them i think every time i've used them i've been able to kill something yeah. uh, i even caught one of the local guys there he poked his uh his co just around the corner in a certain <laughs> way and didn't quite uh remember where my sniper was and i was able to draw a bead and snipe him out from across the table and he's like oh no and i was like oh yeah it happens just, this game just got good right like yeah it was no, fun that does happen and uh i've had it happen with myself where you know i've, I've placed something or i forgot to shoot or even realize where his sniper was and it's like i'm taking your sniper out oh, crap you're like oh no <laughs> so so yeah two thumbs up for me and um uh, I know Bill's in the same boat, so yeah, yeah. I like my I like snipers. They're they're great. I think point cost. They're really really good. I again I take mine as veterans all the time. I don't know if it's redundant because you know being a small team with the two, you're already getting the modifiers. But I just I like to lean on them in game, so I always try and uh, bump them up and make them as hard to kill and. I found most of the time, unless someone has a sniper as well, guys just ignore them. They just don't bother. Yeah. So. 
and, the and best way? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I always see I always see those snipers as um, a threat, right? So I mean, if I can take them out sniping, or if I can fire an uh, MMG at them and at least maybe take out one of their guys and force them to do a test to see if they break because now they're reduced to half. Yeah. There, there's a chance that maybe they run, right? Um, so like going as a vet is is probably the well, it is the best I would say. Because not only is your leadership morale is higher, um, you are tougher to wound, of course. You know, you might want to, depending if the opponent has artillery, you might want to put them in a building. So now it's a six plus to, to wound, you know. Um, so in that aspect, veterans for sure. But... Uh, if you're trying to save points, maybe, but more than likely you have something else you can trim points on. So, yeah, no, for sure, it's a, it's a good unit. It's always a mainstay in almost every one of my armies. Um, so, I I have noticed some guys though they'll take instead of a sniper they'll take an anti tank team, mm -hmm. like a rifle team, and the reason they do that is because they get a uh, a bonus to the pen roll. Um, so, oh, I see. Right, so they'll they'll actually use that as a sniper instead. Um, hmm. They just don't have the sniper abilities, right? So, um, but regardless, it's it's different units for different jobs on the tabletop that you you want them to do. Yeah. So. But uh, we have, yeah, we have the Almighty Mortar as well. Yes, yes. This is one. <laughs> this is one I ask myself, is a Mortar a must-take? Because I really think that Mortar will keep your opponent honest. I don't think it gives them a chance to sit there and really capitalize on making those machine gun nests across the board. Like... Mm -hmm. Let's be real. If you're stagnant and you're not moving, and the guy's got a medium mortar, you're probably dead. Yeah. He's he's gonna probably sight in on you, and let's be real. If you know if you're moving, you're not you're not doing as well with your squads. So it's I don't know. It's for I what they cost. I think they're super worth it. So I think the thing with mortars is I think sometimes they are underrated for sure. Yeah. Um, yes, it doesn't sound great because you, you know, you need visibility and it's always a six. But you know what? I've dropped more sixes in games like that with a mortar team and mm -hmm. they've done some work at critical points. And yeah. like you said, Bill, like keeping the opponent honest pretty much especially if they're just hunkered down and they've got units that you know you know won't be able to fire if they move yeah that's a big big thing to, to look at right like yeah so as an example my french army has an mmg team has a mortar team medium mortar team and has two medium howitzers in it those howitzers, like, they're not supposed to be moving. So I'm staying put. 
Now, if my opponent's, you know, reaching over with a mortar and, and hitting my teams, if he rolls that six, they're dead. Yeah. And that takes a lot of my firepower away. Because when I do the same to you with a howitzer, it's a bigger splash, right? Yeah. So, um, and it's, and that's the thing. Like, the thing with a mortar is it's cheap enough. Even if you go regular, you go regular with that team. Now, guys are like, ah, don't take them as regular. You know, the experience is good enough. They don't hit very well, blah, 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 blah. Okay, sure. But let's go regular and let's spend another 10 points and get a spotter. Well, that spotter is now going to be checking out things and using his sight to fire that mortar. So I could place the mortar team behind a building and use the sight of the spotter with a chance that a sniper might take him out. But hey, if a sniper takes him out, then that's one less thing that that sniper's going to shoot out that might actually be more important. Um, but I've had I've had some good experiences where you know spotters checking things out and yeah, just launch that mortar every turn. And if if your opponent's not moving, it just gets easier and easier, and eventually you're going to land that hit, and that's going to get knocked out. So. Yep. Well, I know it's been used against me a few times, <laughs> and it's it's one of the things where I don't want to keep moving with my you know my infantry squads, but he definitely forces me to do that, and you know, thankfully I'm able to move and fire without any issues, but it, it's still a pain. I, I don't like having a mortar on the opposite side well, it, bombing it, on me. It forces you, right? It forces you to, yeah. to move. And if you, and of course, if you don't, then you know what happens. Yeah. And now, you know me, I don't like getting forced to <laughs> do nothing. And, and it's worse when you're, you're forcing against a fixed team or, or an artillery team, you know, well, artillery teams aren't going to be moving very fast. So maybe they get pushed into a position where, oh, now my other units can see them or my tank has a beat on them now or my anti-tank gun has a beat on it now. That kind of thing, right? So yeah, um, there's that. So yeah, uh, again, I always take mortars in my armies, mostly mediums except for my, um, my Soviets. I actually take a heavy mortar. So it's a, it's a big splash when they hit. Yeah, and those uh, are the ones that need a tow. Uh, no, not artillery. Not, I, it's artillery that needs tow. Right, Mortars right. can still move around. It's just it's a heavy mortar, right? So um, the pretty much the blast is bigger and does more uh, pen and and pins as well. Um, and that's another thing too is the multiple pins. Just having that alone really affects the opponent's unit so um there's that with mortars which is it's, it's a bonus you know d2 d3 pin markers extra or whatever um but there's also one thing about mortars as well that you don't really see at least not in our community you don't see it happen too too often um, and also you don't see certain ones being used. So light mortars, usually you can move around with them and fire them. And they're usually within units. So you can throw small little templates at guys and, and you know, 
add extra pins and do a little bit of damage. But the smoke, you don't see it very often. So mortars can fire smoke, and it pretty much creates this dense terrain. And that 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 dense terrain, that smoke can either like dissipate, disappear, or it, it actually moves along the battlefield. So um, when that smoke hits and lands, and it it's blocking your line of sight. Kind of messes you over a little bit. Or, yeah. or if, like I've seen this tactic with the Japanese army, because they have light mortars uh, in each squad, they fire smoke. And next you know it, they have this big line of smoke that's blocking the line of sight to the enemy. And they're bull rushing, bunzai charging across the field with these 15 man squads. You know, or whatever their size is, 15 or 12, I think. I think it's 15. But they're running across the field with all these infantry trying to get into combat with you. And the smoke is blocking your line of sight for shooting. So it's little things like that you got to look at and, um, you know, weigh in what's what's worth it in your opinion. Do you like them? Do you not like them? Do you yeah. hate the chance of you needing a six all the time? You know, um, and then there's also the fact too, uh, mortars firing against, against buildings because of the uh, indirect shot. Um, it actually ends up possibly plummeting through, you know, the rooftop down to each level until the round actually explodes. Um, Crazy. So, you know, in my opinion, against buildings, not so great. Um, against open top vehicles or vehicles that pop their their pintle mounted, you know, pop their their button on top, uh, you get that extra bonus, right? So yeah, and there's an opportunity where you roll a whole bunch of sixes, and next you know it, you you've taken out a large tank. Yeah, it's the reason why I don't run uh, a pintle mounted <laughs> MMG on my Sherman anymore. <laughs> Because uh, forget that shit. I don't want it to get blown up because it happened. And I went, huh, never again. Yeah, I've um, I've, I've used the Pintle mounted on my tanks before too. Um, and it was actually a different scenario where I actually lost my tank. Because when you open that, when you pop, you actually are open topped for the rest of that turn. Not just that moment, that turn. Yeah. So... If like, and this is what happened to me is I actually got assaulted, and because I was open topped and he damaged me, it killed me. There was no nothing. It's just I'm dead, right? So, but mortars, yes, in my opinion, be it you know light, medium, or heavy, depending on your army, depending if mm -hmm. you you. Uh, Depending if you have those options and or what your army is good with, right? So some armies have uh, have use for light mortars more than others. So I don't know if um, I don't know if the Americans have have options for that. I, I, they probably do. They have light and uh, medium. Okay. Yeah. 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 
I tend to go I tend to go with like howitzers for like the bigger heavier stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know when I first was playing Soviets, it was like, yeah, I'm getting a heavy mortar, and I just I fit it into my army, and it, it worked pretty good. So, but if you are going bigger, you definitely want to go as regular, and you definitely want to take a spotter. Yeah, spotters seem to be the way for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that was a uh, pretty good topics there and and talk about different units and uh equipment definitely so hoping you guys uh wouldn't will enjoy or did enjoy this episode <laughs> um we'll probably have a lot more like this coming down the pipe just uh breaking down some tactical talk and and whatnot for bolt action and hopefully uh hopefully we'll get some feedback from you guys too what you guys you know might want to hear or if you have ideas of uh topics that you want to discuss or bounce off of us that kind of idea yeah and of course um always share you know hopefully you guys share some pictures of your armies and, and painting and hobby and even tables it's always it's always awesome to see terrain for bolt action so but um anything else bill you uh no i think that's i think that's about it i think we hit it all right on right on which is always good so cool but yeah don't forget to check out our facebook uh you know youtube instagram and then whatever you're pretty much listening to us for our podcast any of those other platforms and uh, hopefully we will catch you guys on the next one. Yeah. Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it.